Welcome, everybody. Hello. Good morning, Vietnam. Wherever Good it is. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, I interrupted. What? We we're going to go high energy for this show with our introduction. Yeah, but we decided to bring it back down to a European nondescript level. You know, <laughs> kind of, we don't really care about any of this. Anyway. <laughs> Hello. Course, Welcome back to Pop Swap. Uh, I'm Carlos. He's Dean. And we're going to talk about pop culture stuff and swap stuff recommendations, and all that yeah. kind of crack. Crack is an Irish word for fun. Anyway. It is. What did you do, Dean? What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> uh, what have I been doing? Um, what I always do. <laughs> Watching stuff. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and then talking about it on this podcast. It's um, nice to know that we have a routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watching what you you ask out there, <laughs> listeners. All of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are all anxious to know what you Sorry. have been watching specifically. Sorry, I'll, I'll be professional about this. Grant. Uh, right. So what have we got? The first thing I was going to talk about that I've enjoyed lately is the movie Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is directed by uh, Taylor Sheridan who directed oh, yes. Wind River and he's yeah. best known for screenwriting Cesario and Helm High Water. Yes. Writing duties on that wrote duties on those, sorry. And he also acts occasionally in a few TV shows, Sons of Anarchy and Veronica Mars. I think he stars in those as well. Mm-hmm. And this is an adaptation from a novel by Michael Corta, who co-writes the script uh, along with Taylor. And um, after seeing this film, I'm actually quite interested in checking that novel out, actually. Cool. Um, I might look into that later. But one of the major elements is that this is also a star vehicle for Angelina Jolie, who hasn't really taken centre stage on screen for a while now, from what I can remember. Maleficent, maybe, was the last last time. Yeah, yeah. Kind of been, I guess that would have been the last one. I was going to say there, from my memory, not in a sort of popcorn entertainment style of cinema, but mm-hmm. I know she's been doing more independent things lately. But yeah, I forgot about that. But that probably was her last big thing on that yeah. level, wasn't it? And it's it was good for me to see. I've, I've not actually seen that, to be fair. So it was good for me to see her mm-hmm. back on screen doing this kind of thing again. And she does a pretty good job in a pretty sort of hard-boiled kind of no-bullshit sort of performance that she gives yep. from her but she also being her brings a certain amount of glamour and a-lister quality uh, to the film that maybe sort of smooths off a few of the more grounded and gritty edges it might have possibly had if they had some different casting yeah um yeah i don't know i guess in the same way that if you cast like will smith or tom cruise you kind of know what you're getting yeah. um in the sense that it's a vehicle for them first and then it's kind of a creation of the director's second for the most part. I know they've been in films where that isn't the case, but Mm. um, that tends to be the way when you cast an A-lister like that. It is an interesting dynamic, that concept of the movie star that seems to have kind of died out in the last 15 years, but that that concept of you're going to watch this person's film but it's just the, yeah. the actor that you mention you know and it's it's quite yeah, weird definitely and they always get sent a stage on like the, the yeah. poster it's always like their name is almost as big sometimes bigger than the actual title of the yeah. film that they're in <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh she's supported with a really good cast actually though um additional to her they're uh they are kind of the main draw for me 
um, mm-hmm. as well as the setup itself, which without spoiling too much, I'll go through that. The setup involves a boy and his father who are escaping to a wilderness camp in Montana uh, so they can kind of seek protection from the father's brother-in-law, who is this local sheriff. And the reason for them going on the run is that the father is what he describes in the film as a forensic accountant for these kind of unknown, powerful clients. And he turns on the news one morning at the start and he discovers that his boss and family have just died in a tragic gas explosion in their home. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the opening, you kind of know that that wasn't an accident since his boss was murdered by these two very charismatic hitmen brothers played excellently by Nicholas Holt and Aidan Gillen. Oh, cool. Who are one of the main draws for watching the film, to be fair. I like Um, both of them very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to see them together and the characters that they play are quite fascinating as well. So it's it's a good pairing with them. And then... Tangled into all of that, you get this kind of subplot uh, about Angelina Jolie's character, who is what's known as a smoke jumper, which are basically, how would you describe them? They're kind of like parachuting, hard drinking, hillbilly, badass firefighters. Cool. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> they're kind of like the first um, line of response to uh, wildfires. Okay. So that's, that's what I kind of deal with. And she kind of... Uh, is um, assigned to watch this uh, fire tower out in the the forests. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what her duty is after she kind of experiences a pretty tough experience um, fighting one fire in particular that kind of like has a bit of a flashback scene relating to some issues she's dealing with personally. Right. But I'll avoid kind of going into too much detail. I don't really want to spoil things any further. But all I'll say is that the boy mentioned who is played by a, a very decent child actor for a change called uh, Finn Little. He's absolutely great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up being pursued by the two hitmen and then he crosses paths with Angelina who kind of takes on this role of like his badass babysitter and she helps the two of them survive all the kind of carnage that you get on screen cool. from that I, point on. I enjoy those kinds of stories where you throw a little lost kid and a... A badass adult together and they develop this yeah. bond. Yeah, like yeah, that. definitely. A Perfect World, uh, the Clint Eastwood movie, is one of my favourite Clint Eastwood films yeah. uh, that he's ever made. And uh, yeah, I, 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 elements of this reminded me of that. Mm. Maybe not as kind of poignant um, and poetic as that film is. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it reminded me of that. Like you say, you've got this kind of vulnerable kid and then this tough sort of character yeah. um, by his side. You get along with that you get some really nice wide open cinematography of the wilderness mm-hmm. and you get plenty of like gripping action set adventure sort of set pieces that are kind of grounded still in human drama and that reminded me a bit of films maybe like the river wild or the edge kind of definitely kind of tips into that territory at some stage but then the big sell of the setup mainly for me is um what's a pretty kind of classic setup is a uh, You've got this thing where you have the, these two charismatic hitmen rolling into town to take out the target, and that kind of really reminded me of things like The Killers or The Hit and Fargo, Yeah, which are kind of like, that's a movie scenario I've always really, really enjoyed watching. And uh, even though that is kind of maybe not the central focus of the film here, it definitely was the, the bit that I was most gripped by and more interested in. And... Um, yeah, it's kind of about watching how those two killers 
in the movie sort of cope with carrying out the task and all the challenges they face that made it stand out for me. Yeah. Um, it was just cool watching those two on screen. And it's not that the plot with Angelina Jolie isn't interesting about like the boy and her forming this bond together as they survive the night. It's interesting, but it's just not as interesting for me as when I was spending time with the brothers that were sent to kill them. Yeah. Um, that was definitely the big sell. And I read online that I think you get a lot more of that in the book. Okay. Than the uh, than the movie, so right. I'm really interested in getting that book just to kind of see if you get to spend a lot more time with those characters. Um, Where did you watch the movie? Uh, it was debuted on HBO Max, but you can get hold of it online to rent if you cool. kind of yeah search for it online. Actually, there is another character in it that I really really loved. Um, well, she she was the sheriff's wife in it. She's kind of like this rifle wielding pregnant wife and she's played really really brilliantly by uh what's the actress called medina senghor mm-hmm. um who pretty much steals the movie for me she was um she was brilliant in it i reckon if they'd actually made her the central character instead of angelina jolie's character and they could have easily got that character to serve the same function to the plot yeah um you'd end up with a much more interesting film i reckon because like it's a great performance and she's a much more interesting character, but I guess then you wouldn't get like a star vehicle with all the kind of support that that brings when you've got someone like Angelina in the lead, yeah. um, probably helping to get it made. But yeah, I'm curious. That's why I want to read that book as well, because I'm curious as to whether in the book, what's different. Like I, I get the feeling that maybe her character was created for this film. Okay. From from the gist that I get from reading a quick synopsis about the book itself. Maybe so a I've bit of a, a hybrid character or something? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, because when I was watching the other character on screen, I was thinking to myself, like, she seems quite essential to this. Like, it's even though she's this background sort of figure in it, and I was thinking, like, I wonder if in the in the book whether, like you say, they've kind of split her into two yeah. to create this this role for Angelina Jolie as well. Um but yeah, it's not quite up there with some of the movies I named that it reminded me of, but it's still very entertaining and uh, worth a watch. It's one of the better thrillers that I've seen uh, in a while, and I imagine you're probably going to see this year. So um, Cool. Yeah, if you're interested in any of the things I mentioned or uh, that type of th- movie, then it's worth checking out. Definitely, definitely. So that's cool. I have to check that one out. Um, this week, well, the only new thing I really watched now this week was the first season of Parks and Recreation. Or Parks oh. and Rec, as most people like to refer it to. <laughs> and I did not like it. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the fourth season right now. Cool. And uh, I'm still with you on that opinion. So, yeah. Right. Um, I did not like season one. I liked episode six. Now, to be fair, okay, season one is a six episode season, all 20 minutes. It's very early to judge this TV show and I've already started season two. Mm-hmm. But I will say that season one was kind of boring, too slapsticky, and none of the characters really made any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, in episode six, there was a slight shift in the sense that 
I think they focus more on some of the interpersonal dynamics between some of the the characters in this Parks and Recreation department. And for anybody who doesn't know, Parks and Rec is essentially a sitcom from the creators of The Office, but it's centered around essentially another office, but <laughs> it's a government department. Parks and Recreation of Pawnee someplace in America, like Idaho or Iowa or I don't know, Iowana or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of those places that I have never been to. And I found it, especially coming right off the back of watching The American Office, season one is a carbon copy of The Office. They just tried to recreate a formula and it didn't mm -hmm. make it. The, some of the choices didn't make like narrative sense or didn't make stylistic sense as to why is this being done this way? Is it like the 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 document the mockumentary style of them talking to the camera? Of course, adds comedy in certain points, but I think there has to be a, a need for it. But in saying that, um, that's not something that really takes me out of it. I I don't mind if you decide to shoot in that style, and you know you make it work. Um, what I what I just want most of all is like characters that interest me, um, comedy that you know points out the the silliness of things that people find so serious or you know issues that people think are so important and you know poking poking fun and things like that you know and and, and sitcoms mm -hmm. I find do that very well that they they poke fun at the silliness of 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 life which is what sitcoms are all about. Um, I will say that the one kind of shining light through season one for me was Nick Offerman. I think he will become a character that will make me laugh 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think Amy Poehler is great, but in at least from what I've seen so far, it's as if season one Michael Scott from The Office was 100 times more stupid and worked for the government. And was a woman, basically. It's, it's Michael Scott working for the government. That's what it is. Um, but like really dumb and kind of cartoonish, you know. She was the kind of character, at least written this way in the first season, in the first six episodes that I watched, the kind of character that um, would have fit into like season eight of The Office, where they're idiosyncrasies that are kind of quirky and funny and cartoony are dialed up to 11 and it becomes caricaturish caricaturish mm -hmm. if that's a word there you go but like kevin for example in the office um the, the the overweight guy just becomes a meme by the end and he's like cookies and he even talks like the cookie monster but at the beginning he doesn't really talk like that you know <laughs> yeah um and I actually kind of find the way he talks funny, but that's totally other show, totally other point. Anyway, I did find though with the sixth episode, so the season finale wrapping it up, it did show a little bit more of, you know, what the underlying humanity of her character. And I mm -hmm. hope that maybe as the show progresses, we get to see her be less slapstick and a bit, a bit, a bit oh, I hate to say it, but a bit more intelligent, like write this character a bit. M more intelligently <laughs> um but yeah i i didn't really like the first season it it was kind of disappointing seeing as everybody i talk to raves about this show and 
I sat there and I know it's just the first, it's essentially the first two hours of this show that is like 140 episodes or whatever it is. It's an outrageous yeah. amount of, of, of uh, story in the, in the show. But it was kind of about nothing as well. They try to fix this pit, uh, turn it into a park. They don't even get to turn it into a park by the end of the season. I'm sure it get resolved. Yeah, I think I think I think the only reason they do that in the first season is as an excuse to introduce you to some of the a yeah. couple, couple of characters, yeah. and so that they can interact with the government. So yeah. so that it it doesn't always have to be set in the offices like the mm. the the parks and recs offices that there could actually be outside connections with other characters and they. Yeah, get brought into it and stuff, and yeah, you could easily, you could easily just start watching that show from the second season on, and you would not miss a thing. And you will, okay. by the time the second season is over, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even be having that opinion at all, like right, about yeah. the show in general. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't serve any purpose really. That first season, okay. to be fair, <laughs> like okay. it's, it's very weak uh, in comparison to what follows it. But uh, yeah, all the things that you're concerned about do do get resolved. Like her character mm. is is brilliantly written as it carries on, and she great. she's she's great, and uh, all, all the rest of the cast are great as it carries on. But uh, yeah. they just none of them get a chance to to shine or sort of like show why this show is worth watching in that first season. Really, there's yeah. a one or two moments, but yeah, it's a very very poor for first season, and I feel like maybe a lot of people would give up on the show and I think they could potentially have lost a lot of viewers um yeah. over the years just for people not being able to get past that first season because we yeah. we were watching it and it's only 20 minutes and it's not difficult to watch at all it's just slapstick comedy and we found it kind of a struggle to just sit down and say will we watch the next episode like no mm-hmm. let's watch an episode or whatever you know something else and it kind of yeah. took us the entire week to just get through six 20-minute episodes, um, you know. So I do hope it, I do hope it picks up and, I, and I, I do want to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if the second season is not for me, then maybe the show isn't for me. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And yeah, you said you're about season four now. Are you liking it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I just keep sticking to it. It's just another yeah. one like what yeah. what we discussed last time. It's a case of one of those things where uh, I've been watching a lot of it, and I've just got to a stage now where even though I am really enjoying it, and it goes on whilst I eat my dinner or something, I'm just kind of still thinking to myself like, oh, I'm kind of a bit tired of watching this show now. Not that it's bad; like it's still really, really funny. It's really mm-hmm. great, but uh, yeah, it's just a lot of TV to get through with those. American sitcoms yeah. and their running lengths and uh, the amount of episodes you get per season. It's it's a lot to get through. It's a lot. Um, yeah. I will say it's similar in that respect when we're talking about the week first season to my experience when I was a very much a late, late, late comer to uh, community, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's something that I knew about for a good while and I'd maybe attempted to watch an episode of yeah. a, a, a while before I binged on it. And I just wasn't feeling it. And then I, I've read similar opinions online and I watched, I, I found the first season of Community a bit of a tough slug for me. But then once I once I got to know the characters and I was yeah. into the second season, I got as, I fell in love with that sitcom as much as everybody else did and I absolutely loved it from that point on. So yeah, I think I it's find just it, one of those. I find it really curious because a lot of people say that about sitcoms and, I, and I've never been a, 
kind of a big you know promoter or <laughs> a big fan of american sitcoms um but community is probably my favorite sitcom hands down um mm-hmm. you know friends is more like a nostalgia thing and like i grew up watching that and it feels like exactly that a friend in in the in the home you know but mm-hmm. community i feel like for me weirdly enough i didn't i i really liked it from from the get-go you know from from the first season the first episode i really enjoyed the first episode um it didn't feel like i had to get into it whereas yeah. i've found that now with a few different things that i just dropped i watched a couple more of brooklyn 99 i struggle and to know that the first season of that has like 20 something episodes that's way too much of a commitment <laughs> yeah. for something that i'm just very met on um yeah i do enjoy quite a few moments in brooklyn 99 i stuck mm. with it for a while but um it's a very repetitive series it it's one of those shows where it has um, a formula and sticks to it and it knows that the fans like a particular yeah. thing from it and yeah. it kind of does the repeated. And yeah. in fairness, like I, I understand there were troubles along the way with community to do with, you know, like the production team yeah. involved and everything else um, getting a bit tricky halfway through. But uh, yeah, there are definitely dips in that and there's definitely moments in that where like they repeat things and you get a case of like, I'm thinking to myself like... I know everybody loved that episode where you did that thing, but just yeah. do it and move on. <laughs> but don't, that's... don't repeat it in some other form, like a season or so later. Just just let it lie. I like, think it's yeah. just a, it's it's a, it's another form of what we were talking about before of just comfort watching. They yeah. want the people to do, they want the characters to do this thing that makes them laugh because it makes them feel comforted, and that's totally mm-hmm. fine. And if if you're into those shows and you're you're into that, that's that's amazing. I I wish I could get into Brooklyn Nine Nine and and feel that comfort level with it, because I know just as well as anyone else that if you get addicted to a show and you know that oh my god, there's a hundred episodes of this, that is great because you you've got you've got so much to sink into. It's like opening a it's like starting a great novel and knowing that there's like six novels in the series and you're like yep Mm -hmm. i'm good for i'm good for a while and it's it's comforting you know but yeah parks and rec is gonna have to win me over soon but i you know the 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 last episode of the first season was i found not quite good but definitely much more feet on the ground shall we say yeah a little bit yeah and I watched the first of season two and I was like, yeah, this is this is okay. Mm-hmm. I find personally that I guess the difference for me between the two styles, um, not necessarily in humour, because uh, a joke's a joke at the end of the day, but uh, yeah. it's more to do with how stories, how like, narrative sort of plays out in American sitcom in comparison to like, British or Irish sitcom mm. it's that thing of uh, to me the stuff that I enjoy like the British sort of shows tend to just let a story fold out more naturally like yeah. a single story thread like from a from a single point of view you know from a central protagonist like over the course of, of a couple of series and then it ends and it's done and it's mm-hmm. wrapped up whereas like a lot of American sitcoms are just in the formula of like You've got the environment 
and this is the episode where this mad scenario is going to happen and the consequences are going to be funny and the characters are going to somehow develop and change from that experience in this contained episode and then we move on to the next episode where something different happens and there's very rarely like an ongoing coherent thread of a story or or just one character taking focus who like you're just watching everything through their eyes and seeing the story that they're involved in develop from this personal level and I suppose it's because of the difference between I guess the way comedy's written across from one side to the next in that like writer's rooms in America are Mm. the most common format of like, you know, teams of individuals all sat there pitching in a joke left, right and centre. So like you still, you still getting a ton of funny thrown at the screen. But for me, I don't know, I find, I just find myself after a while of watching that over and over and over, I get quite, I get a bit fatigued from like, Hmm. the mad caps one mad cap scenario to the next i'd just rather have like this ongoing story with these characters that has find, funny events take I find place though even it. like older american sitcoms that just characters are very static like they they don't change or the weirdness of them that makes people laugh just gets accentuated to the point that they become a caricature of themselves like mm-hmm. friends is the classic example where to me the only character that changes is Rachel and everyone else just gets progressively weirder <laughs> and, yeah. and and kind of digs their own little hole of this is who I am. Joey is stupid. Monica is neurotic and highly strung and she just gets cartoonish by the end of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I found the first season of Parks and Rec. Um, the, the main character, Amy Poehler's character, was already cartoony and I'd like them to dial it back and if they dial it back then it's almost a it'll almost be an American sitcom going in reverse and I'll appreciate that yeah but yeah that's a that is one that I watch now this week I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll uh, if you give it a chance through that second season and you carry on hmm. I got a feeling it might win you over like you might cool you might change your mind that's comforting because there's like 150 episodes in a day <laughs> So, yes, we have had a nice little chat about sitcoms. Um, I'm going to keep things comical for you, Carlos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why not? Why not? And wait for it. Drum roll. We have the appearance of the world's most successful streaming platform, which we've yet to mention <laughs> on our podcast. It's incredible. We've got this far, but we've never once mentioned a Netflix show oh, on the podcast. Wow. Whoa, we finally got there at last. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched um, a comedy special by the comedian Bo Burnham called Bo Burnham Inside. Oh, yeah, I saw that this morning. Did you watch it this morning? I didn't watch it. I, I came across it ah, and I added, came across it. It. I added it to my ah, watch okay. list. I want to watch it. Yes, it's a good thing you added it to your watch list because yes. you will get a lot of enjoyment from watching that. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it captures the the kind of the mental breakdown experience of lockdown and the last year more brilliantly than anything i've seen to date whether it be like a serious drama or mm-hmm. you know or you know a, a documentary or anything that's tried to somehow depict the experience of the last year yeah. locked indoors um this in like an hour and a half 
he manages to like through just a string of comedy songs and really inventive sort of visuals just string together this kind of feeling of I guess kind of like isolation and despair and times joy and delight yeah. and boredom and he just goes through all the motions and uh absolutely hilarious songs one after the next um some brilliant moments and uh yeah it's just a really great achievement it kind of reminded me a lot of i don't know if you ever saw limmy's homemade show that he did for the bbc no no i didn't no um so the the scottish comedian limmy he uh he would have had a i guess from a similar background to bo burnham in the respect that he obviously the uh i mean maybe slightly different beginnings because uh I know he had experience in pub, podcasts, sorry, and mm. stuff like that to begin with, and then stuff online. But uh, yeah, the internet making him a star anyway is yeah. what I was getting at. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm not too familiar with Bo Burnham. I just know roughly from watching, I know from a few documentaries that I've seen about the internet in the past, he's always cropped up and I've always seen him as a figure that was, you know, became a success through YouTube and stuff. And that kind of launched his career as a comedian at a very young age. But um yeah, this just really stood out to me. What I was getting at with the Limmy comparison is that, like, Limmy's homemade show, unlike some of his other shows that he made with the BBC, he actually um, created the entire thing himself. So he's got the BBC backing him budget-wise, but um, he shoots, edits, stars in, writes, directs... Cool. ...and does the entire TV series himself. Wow. And it's an incredible one-man achievement. It's kind of... It bridges that line between, like, YouTube production and tv production and somehow blurs the line and bridges the gap between the two and this special the this uh, by burnham special um does a very similar thing from an american perspective it kind of it feels so polished and so well produced that you would kind of like you would doubt that you were watching something that was just made by one man like it's it's quite a surprise when you kind of like that sinks in that that's the case um just because of how wonderfully made it is mm. like from beginning to end but uh what what's fun to watch as well is i guess the difference from limmy show is like limmy show actually feels like you're watching the original limmy series that you've seen before but yeah. just maybe a few elements of them that are a little bit more diy but still it's it's incredibly well done and um, whereas with this what's fun is that because he's in this one room during the entire thing there's just a massive gear just filling the room all the time. So like he's just, he spent a year making this thing yeah. and you just, you just see him like chatting occasionally to camera in a documentary sort of style. And then you'll suddenly cut to like a sketch or a segment where you've got a song being performed and you see all the lighting gear and the stuff that he's been using along the way. And it's all just, all the cables are just scattered around everywhere. And it's just mad because you just get that sense of like, I really hope that that was where he was stuck for the entire year, just in that <laughs> space with all that, crap around him just thinking like okay i've got an idea how do i bring it to life i'll just put this here and test these lights out here and uh yeah it's just it just brought a big smile on my face and just filled me with joy really thinking like that we are like (laughs) i sound a bit mushy now but it did make me think that like human beings are just we are incredible like when (laughs) when you when you put us in really difficult situations and we're left to our own devices and we're like just bored out of our minds with nothing left to do it's incredible what the imagination can do creativity and just yeah Yeah. just how it can just come out of people in that way and Mm -hmm. the things they can achieve when they're just like pushed to a limit with no one else around, no distractions, just their mind slowly turning away until something just pops and then like you just get these moments of brilliance and uh, 
yeah, it's uh, it's just a really, uh, really great uh, hour and a half full of lots of funny moments. Very cool. I, I, I do want to watch that now. Um, I came across it and I saw the, you know, the clips that they give yeah, you on Netflix. That, that just sold, yeah. sells you. The first song yeah. that plays on that little preview, yeah. the minute you watch that, you're just like, I have to watch this. Yeah. And th- that is probably not even the best song in it. Cool. <laughs> like as it progresses, like it just gets better and better and better. And uh, yeah, it's just, a, yeah. I very rarely use the term masterpiece very often for something like that but you know it's not far off it's cool pretty, okay pretty pretty brilliant achievement for what it is okay i might watch that um, this evening then or or yeah, this weekend you yeah. have a lot of fun yeah cool okay yeah i'll definitely definitely check that out let me know what you think of the uh the white woman's instagram song that's uh <laughs> absolutely brilliant <laughs> that sounds like something that will make me lol <laughs> yeah it's very very well done yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. the, the, there were even there were a few um, stand-up comedy specials that came out throughout the course of lockdown that I thought were quite good. I Jim Jeffries is a comedian that I enjoy. I don't know if it came out during lockdown or if it was just at the start, but he came mm-hmm. out with one called um, what was it called? Uh, Intolerance or intolerant? And okay. he he frames the entire you know, show around him going on a date with a woman and he is lactose intolerant, but he fucking loves cheese. (laughs) And his whole ordeal of going on a date with this woman and eating a load of cheese and needing to take a shit and all of the obstacles and things that he has to go through to to get to poo basically (laughs) but he then uses that to talk about general intolerance in the world and all these like ridiculous things that still happen in the 21st century and you know the difference between millennial mentalities and you know oh you're just you're just too old to understand. <laughs> and, you know, every generation that comes will be shit to the future generations. You know, all of this kind of, um, mm. all these kinds of, of, of topics that are hot these days. And he, do, he does it very, very well. And he's funny. And um, he's Australian, so he says the C word a lot, which I won't say here, but I, I appreciate that because it's, it's a... Uh, pushing pushing the boat out a little bit for American audiences, you know. Um <laughs> and then who else made a special oh the Dave Chappelle one that came out just after George Floyd. He did an open air impromptu set um a couple of days after the George Floyd shooting. And it was quite good. You could tell it was a very it was like a rush job show that he did and he filmed it and said, Oh, we put this on Netflix. Yeah, why not? But mm-hmm. that was good. And it's classic Dave Chappelle, you know, discussing what you expect. It's it's him discussing, you know, institutional racism in, in, in America. But with his classic Dave Chappelle, you know, he, he's gotten a bit more philosophical in his later comedy years, but still has that uh, wit. But yeah, I'll check out that Bob, Bob Burnham one now as well. That sounds fun. Yeah, I think you'll, uh, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. Yeah, I'll be great. It's, it's funny watching it because you kind of think like, oh, it's a shame I can't 
It's a shame I can't see everyone's reaction to this because it's on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it's the experience of watching it. Like you're watching it and you feel like this is incredibly slick and mm. really well done uh, to the level that it no longer feels like you're watching something that would be on YouTube or something. Um, I've it been... kind of still has that familiarity to it, but it's definitely a step on from that production. Yeah. But uh, when you're watching it, you still feel that experience of like, I still feel like this belongs to that world and that I should be able to immediately scroll down and just see what people are, how are they responding to this? I'd like yeah. to see that reaction. Yeah. Uh, be a good I, one to watch with friends. I had tried to avoid watching anything related to lockdowns or any type of <laughs> yeah. creative project or film or show or anything that's had anything related to lockdowns or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just not as well, not while during lockdown, but now that kind of lockdown is, lockdown is finishing here. Um, yeah. I might get around to it in a better mood, you know. <laughs> I think maybe had it come out a couple of weeks ago, I would have been a bit exasperated. But Yeah, related to that, actually, I tried to dip my toe into, um, is it Solos? Is it Solos? How do I pronounce this? It's uh, on Amazon. You did not see the trailer for that? No. It's, um, who's in it now? Is it? Uh, is I'm going to completely it, forget the cast. Uh, Helen Mirren. Okay. Uh and uh oh my god i'm drawing complete blanks uh morgan freeman the decent enough cast there's interesting people in the cast is it solos uh, as in like guitar solos or solos as in alone in the spanish must it must be solos as in alone okay you're probably onto i thought it might be solos because it looks it's it's sci-fi in concept right so uh when i saw it i thought oh is it solos like solar is it solar yeah yeah, yeah, to do with space. Mm. Like that's, that was my thought. Be a bit of a play but, uh, on words, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, may, maybe it's both meanings, who knows. But um, yeah. it's, um, from what I could tell, I watched the first one. Oh my God, I'm being completely useless now. Um, who plays Catwoman, Carlos? You can tell me this quite easily. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Anne, Hathaway's in, <laughs> Anne Hathaway is in the first one. Um, and... Yeah, it was just quite a wishy-washy sort of time travel episode, like okay. to do with multiple, not multiple personalities, but, you know, like the person's experience of speaking to themselves at different moments in time. And then okay. it just felt a bit rushed. And I think Zach Braff directed it. Um, and I think it's got some star directors on board for all the other episodes. It's meant to be an anthology series from what I can tell, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the general gist of it is. If it's like, if everyone is like a completely different sci-fi tale, but the yeah. the connecting thread is when I saw the trailer is pretty much it's video call the movie. They've just okay. sci-fied, they've just sci-fied up the concept of like, what's an easy thing we can create with the actors. We can sit them in one room. Yeah. We can have them just talk to someone on camera and that will be, you know, but it's beautifully shot. And the, you know, mm. the, uh, the, the, from that first episode, I watched them from the trailer. You can tell, you know, it's it's really nicely put together. It's beautifully shot. The like the art direction and the set design and stuff of like that is really impressive. Um, to the point where you feel like they've thrown as much as they can at the screen with yeah. that, uh, because the concept is just basically video call the movie. Um, <laughs> feels like that will feel like a bit of a gimmick now and a bit oh let's let's yeah. capitalize and monetize this situation that the world finds <laughs> it. i i don't know that, that slightly rubs me the wrong way but i know there's going to be a lot of creativity that comes from this whole situation and this mm-hmm. 
this massive event that the world has gone through. But I don't know, that just sounds gimmicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure. I, I get the gist that each story is about an individual character dealing with isolation and loneliness and kind of like right. coping with that, hence the solo, solos Actually, title. That, that reminds me, I did watch another Prime show that I forgot to bring up. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch all of it. I only watched maybe two or three episodes of it. There's only, I think there's only eight. But I watched a show, a very unique and interesting concept of a show called Calls. It's just called Calls <laughs> um, on Apple TV. And um, basically the general concept is that it's a audio based show. And it's got those wavy kind of th- graphics, like okay, yeah, yeah. you know, on like old uh, Windows an equal, media an, an player, equal, an equalizer, yeah, graphic equalizer. Equalizer. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. I lost the word, but it, yeah, that stuff like on old Windows media player. If you played songs, and it would show this wild stuff going on. <laughs> but it's a series of interconnected stories told as radio drama as audio drama and the graphics in the equalizer whatever can give hints as to what's happening in the story and it's kind Mm -hmm. of a sci-fi so but the general gist is like something happens something invades earth we don't really know what how um and there seems to be like a bit twilight zoney. People travel through pockets of time or things like that. Mm. Weird stuff. Just weird. Mm-hmm. But I kind of found that while I appreciated what they were trying to do, I found it a little gimmicky. Kind of the same as what I was just saying for the, the solos or mm. solos or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, it might just be a little too gimmicky. I, I do appreciate it though, and, and and I know, and coming from someone who has written and made an audio drama themselves, <laughs> I appreciated it, and and I appreciate that it it, it got such a um a release on a big platform. It actually wasn't on Prime; it was on Apple TV that I watched it. Yeah, was it? Do you get the? Did you get the feeling that what was it? Was it intended? What is it intended to be? An audio drama, and they've just. They've just I put it so. on TV to watch on the platform as well, and they've visualized it. I think as so. well. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because to me, had I just listened to it as an audio drama, I would have really, really liked it, and it you know it would have been a bit mm-hmm. not that it would have been a bit more subtle, but I wouldn't have felt it be quite as gimmicky. But you know, maybe that's just a thing of look, they tried it, maybe it didn't fully work, but yeah. the critics seem to really love it. It's it's got absolute critical acclaim um i don't know how the general public would feel about it and uh you know you'd you might want to have to be a a bit of a tech nerd or a bit of a an audio sound editing geek to really appreciate it you know and um it's been a good few years since i've done any audio production or anything like that but knowing how much work goes into that I, I kind of just appreciated listening to it. In terms of yeah. sitting down and watching it, it's a bit of a chore. Even though all the episodes are between 10 and 20 minutes, it's 
because you're sitting down and watching nothing essentially you're you're just looking at waves on the screen mm. it it it's weird it's definitely weird but it's yeah it's it, it keeps your attention because it's new and it's different and it's i don't know it's it's just it's a bit out there it's a bit out there yeah. i'd say watch it and see what you see what you think of it and i do i do actually want to go back and finish it off because i have like four or five episodes of it left but mm -hmm. um and there's kind of an interconnected thread throughout all the episodes so i assume eventually you find out towards the end what is actually going on um okay so yeah i i i'd recommend that one as well for any audio geeks out there i'd recommend that one and that's called calls is it calls yeah yeah. Okay. I'll I definitely it was check that out because I enjoy a good audio drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be curious to find out, like you say, if it is a case of them just releasing some on their TV platform mm. uh, that was developed for. Do they have a podcast division of Apple? Uh, like TV? Obviously. I... Well, Apple TV wouldn't have a podcast. That wouldn't really make any sense, would it? Obviously, iTunes has is full of podcasts. I but, don't yeah. know, but I, I assume calls mm. might be available on iTunes as a as an audio thing. But you see, and I've read up on it as well, The all of the graphics that you see do also hint at the story itself. So I don't know if you'd miss out on certain elements of... Okay plot or what's happening if you don't actually watch it you know and pay attention to it yeah but yeah it's definitely a different kind of experience and you got you gotta maybe you know suspend your not your disbelief but suspend your 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 expectations a little bit and temper them and really yeah. kind of force yourself to sit down and and, and look at it because <laughs> it feels like you're watching just you know, Windows Media Player doing random <laughs> shit, listening to a song. You know, it's. Yeah. it's I like cool. to. I like to sit in the dark for an audio drama experience as well. So, yes. like to, to yeah. I like to be sat in the dark with my eyes closed to properly enjoy audio with headphones in. So, like, I'm not sure how much I would feel immersed if I was having to watch some on screen as well. Yeah. That wasn't really, yeah, it'd take me out of the audio a bit in a mm. weird sort of way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange collision yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm of not ideas. Sure. I'm not sure if it was entirely working for me, but I appreciated the creativity behind it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's worth a watch just for that alone. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I cool. should check it out. Uh, that's all we have for you this week. That was everything. It's bit, it was. It was a bit of a delayed uh, episode launched into the week. I don't know, we're kind of bridging into... We're reaching... We're not quite reaching two week territory now but yeah we, we're kind of like there was a bit of a bit of a delay a gap there we'll hopefully have more content for you soon enough as this next weekend approaches but uh indeed yes um and i keep on saying it i'm being a very naughty boy and not getting enough of my homework done but uh i still need to finish outcast I will finish Outcast, I promise. Oh, yeah. I had totally forgotten about that. You totally well forgot done. you gave me that homework, didn't you? Yeah, you have. I think the listeners yeah. have probably forgotten at this stage as well. <laughs> it's been that long since uh, you told me to check it out. That's I will exciting. Get, That's exciting. Yes, I will get that finished. We can cool. discuss that and then I can give you my next choice for you, Carlos, oh, which yeah, has been well, cool. well overdue Yes. yes. Um, at this stage. 
and actually yeah. has been preventing me from talking about something I've been checking out recently, the fact that I have a choice for you. It's, but um, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. It's it's almost yeah. like we forgot the concept of our own show. <laughs> we kind of did, didn't we? Yes. Uh, to, to any new listeners who are thinking, what are they on about? I thought they just talked about what they enjoyed each week. No, I'm afraid the idea was originally that we were meant to give a recommendation to the other person every month of something to check out during that month yep. and then speak about the experience. But yes, it, it seems to have transformed into a different show entirely over the last few weeks. But yeah, sorry. Damn you, Dean. I managed to watch four seasons of a show while I was moving apartment. What's, <laughs> what's <did>. going on? <laughs> oh, no, it's not good enough. It's, it's not fine. Good enough. It's fine. It's fine. I had forgotten. But all is good because I got the job. Yes. So, yes. Celebrate. Big, big celebrations for the listeners there. Uh, I know you are all dying to wait for that. Congratulations <laughs> on behalf of, of all 16 of, them. of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All 12 of them. Um, yes. So. There we go. Ending on some heartwarming news for myself, quite self selfishly. <laughs> uh, do your homework, enjoy the show, tell everybody how great the show is, and have a nice time. Bye. Without us. Yeah. Bye.